0: You're listening to Comedy Central. Please welcome Anthony Romero. Hello, Trevor. Honest question. Hello, Anthony. Hello, sir. Did you ever think as a lawyer one day people would be cheering for you when you walked into a room? (laughs) No, no. Welcome to the show, and thank you for coming at what is probably the craziest time Craziest in the time,
1: yeah. I've been around this block about 16 years. I've never felt anything quite like this.
0: What, is, what does it feel like to have all of these executive orders coming out and to be an organization that is fighting for or against, rather, the, you know, the, the,
1: the, the constitutional loopholes that Trump and these people are trying yeah. to find? It's a bit breathless but it's exhilarating at the same time. And this president is going down such a far wrong-headed path. I mean, these executive orders, they really are off the charts. And this most recent one with the Muslim ban. Yeah. It's just astonishing that we would have a president of the United States enact an order within a week of him becoming president that is so fundamentally at the core un-American, immoral, unconstitutional. Now, Now, first of all,
0: I mean, I, I'm sure you're, you're keeping abreast with everything, but now the administration has come out and said, it's not a Muslim Well,
1: Who are they kidding? Who are they kidding? <laughs> well, not you. <laughs> you, know, you know, there's seven countries, predominantly Muslims. Yeah. And then the, the, the real smoking gun is that in the executive order, they carved out an exception yes. for minority religions. And then President Trump is doing contemporaneous uh, talks on radio, on radio, Christian broadcast radio, saying that we want to protect the Christians. Who are they kidding? Of course it's a Muslim ban. I mean, he's a straight talker. Just tell it to us straight. You promised us a Muslim ban. You've given us a Muslim ban. We read it as a Muslim ban. And now you say, oh, it's not a Muslim ban? I mean, come on. It's funny that you say this. You know, people would be like, oh, but you're the ACLU. Of course,
0: you're going to go against Trump. But the judges ruled the same thing. I I would love to know this. Yeah. Saturday comes. Friday night, the ban happens. Yeah.
1: And we never expected this stuff to happen the next day there was you just you well, we saw the executive order yeah. we had compared it we thought they would just Im- implement it at some point uh-huh. we thought anyone who had g- been given a visa who had a work authorization or a green card would just be allowed into the country they have been allowed in after all yes saturday morning i'm taking down my christmas tree i finally get around to it <laughs> i'm watching the news and then my phone starts going crazy where people are being turned away at airports and i'm like oh no you know how is this happening and we rush people to the airports, we are in touch with other organizations who are helping us identify refugees. Yeah. They're turning people away who had been given visas to enter this country. And so then it's all hands on deck. Then we send out lawyers to the airports, at JFK, at SFO, LAX, o- o- O'Hare. W-
0: when we hear the stories of, um, of some of the customs officials and immigration officials going against the judges' orders, though, I mean, that's... that's, that's a I mean, a step that, is that normal? Is that them going against, because the the judge ruled that there should be a stay, correct?
1: On Saturday night, at 8 p.m., we were in front of her in this emergency hearing. She understood that the equities involved were too great. She understood that people were being deported back to countries where they were in harm's way. Yes. There were individuals being deported back after helping our government fight the war against uh, ISIS and terrorists individuals who had worked for our government our client was someone who had worked with the u.s military for 10 years as a translator and they were going to send him back on an airplane and the judge understood that and said no wait a minute we're going to hit the pause button i want to consider this longer term but for now we're going to preserve the status quo
0: and what is what are the opposition lawyers saying i'm fascinated as to how they were trying to defend this i understand what trump and these people are saying but what are they saying
1: well it was pretty remarkable i was in the courtroom it was saturday night after taking down the Christmas tree, doing a couple of TV shows, I went to the courthouse in Brooklyn. The, the government lawyers were taught, caught completely you know, empty-handed. They yeah. didn't even know how to argue the, the statements for the government. The, the judge would ask very basic questions. Well, how many people are you not allowing out? We don't know, Your Honor. Well, how are you enforcing the executive order? They would all look at each other and say, are you going to take that question? Then there was some woman on some con- from calling in from Washington who was really the voice of the government. She was like the voice of God. And, <laughs> and she was incapable of answering the most basic questions. And you could see the judge was saying, well, we're just going to preserve the status quo. We're not going to deport anyone. We're not going to send them back to the countries where they're in danger. Yeah. We're going to preserve the status quo, and then we're going to look at this afresh, the constitutionality of it, in several weeks' time. Let, let's, let's talk a little bit about
0: your journey personally 7 days before
1: 9/11 you took over at the ACLU yeah, I was a young boy 35 I'm 51
0: 7 days before 9/11 and then post 9/11 America saw a spate of yeah. of, of orders coming down us you know the NSA yeah. you know the, the Patriot, the Patriot Act. Act right Do you see any parallels between what was happening then and what people are seeing now under the Trump administration without an inciting incident?
1: I, I do see the difference. I see the similarities and the differences. I see the similarities in which we have government officials who are using a moment in 9-11 or using their power yeah. today to push through an ideological agenda that really runs contrary to our nation's founding values, that we're a nation of immigrants, that we believe in due process, we believe that you're innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. And all those efforts were at play after 9-11. The the thing that's different about this moment, why I'm so encouraged, is because the reaction of people like in your audience and people on the streets is really quite different than the immediate aftermath of 9-11. There were not people turning out on the streets. That's powerful.
0: In in fact, in fact, I mean, it's weird to say this, but Trump has been good for business for you because (laughs) over the weekend, Is it true that you raised $24 million, whereas in a normal year, the ACLU
1: raises about $4 million to- Online, online. Online, that's- Yeah, and the response was incredible. I mean, folks came to us. And folks come to us because they understand what's at stake. Yes. People turn out, I mean, when I came out of the courthouse, there were almost 1,000 people outside the courthouse. I've never seen anything like that. I've been to a lot of courthouses. Usually, I just walk out and I try to find my way home. I come out and I'm like, who are these? Who? How did you get here? Yeah. And they're chanting ACLU. I'm like, I don't think we have this many staff members. <laughs> and what's so remarkable now is that people understand what's at stake. Yes. They're willing to take action. They're willing to, to associate themselves with organizations like ours that are going to fight the good fight. And that's what's different about this time. President Trump may try to push unconstitutional and wrong-headed and immoral executive orders, but the courts are there. And more importantly, the people are there in the that, is, that is powerful. That is powerful.
0: I just have... I just have... You know, one thing that's been bugging me is when you read through uh, U.S. history and you try and figure out the constitutionality of it, it's, it's so hard because everything is up for interpretation. Yeah. Do you believe that the courts will rule... Uh, that this order is unconstitutional, considering that in 1952, yep. the president was given the ability to ban people from yep. certain areas if they felt they were a threat to the country.
1: And, and the, to be clear, the president is usually given great discretion in matters of immigration. Yes. But I also think that our courts are strong enough, and our country's come a long way since 1952, 1965, even in the 70s. And with this order is so patently unconstitutional, you know, and the idea that they pick seven countries that are predominantly Muslim. Yes. They're going to protect Christians from those countries, but not the Muslims. The fact that it goes right in the face of due process, equal protection clauses. Of, it violates the First Amendment. The First Amendment is like the hollowed ground for constitutional lawyers. Mm-hmm. It basically says, the government shall not discriminate against nor favor any one religion. That's what non-establishment and free exercise means.
0: It's a... Uh... It's
1: a journey that I guess, like you're saying, no one has been on before. And, I... and the reason why the bodies matter is that we're still the David to the government's Goliath. There are 19,000 lawyers on the payroll for the US federal government. There are 11,000 lawyers who will work for Jeff Sessions. I got 300. And the reason why the support from the public is so important. Is that we need to scale up. We need to up our game. We need to hire as many good minded men and women across this country to sue them as often, as vigorously. You're serious. You're serious. It's like the the longest episode
0: of Law and Order ever. I'm loving this. I know. Before I let you you go, that's an interesting thing that you say it'll be a long four years. This is just week two. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, oh, you guys forgot, you guys forgot? <laughs> looking forward, what do you think are some of the scariest or just even the most egregious examples of the Trump administration's intentions to bypass what Americans consider the law in the country? Are there, are there any things that you're looking out at going, we need to worry about that?
1: Well, if they try to violate this judge's order, which we're now in the middle of looking at whether or not individuals are complying with it, mm-hmm that's the canary in the coal mine. That means that this administration thinks that they don't have to heed federal judges. That would be very dangerous and very problematic. If they go the next step further, enacting other executive orders that go after LGBT individuals, Mm -hmm. or to try to defund Planned Parenthood, one of America's most storied, important (laughs) organizations, Uh those, those will be our Alamos. And we can make sure we fight those battles. I, I have every confidence that the American people, we're too good-minded. We're too, we're too optimistic. Our values mean something. You know, and I, I think ultimately we prevail against the forces that would try to undo the very best of what we are.
0: You've done a great job this weekend. Everyone is behind you. Thank you so much.